Hello and welcome to the Let It Ride podcast coming to you on a Friday evening, just a couple hours away uh, from another NBA playoff blowout. Uh, it's going to be 11 in a row after tonight. So we are not going to talk about the NBA. We are going to talk about the NFL. Joining me is Josh Walker. Josh, how you doing, man? I'm good, Jeff. How you doing, buddy? Uh, I cannot complain. I've got a bunch of time off work. I've been spending it working out in the yard with my wife. That's, that's kind of our way, our best way of bonding. Uh, we both work, like working outside. So we've been doing a lot of that, spending some time with the kids and just uh, enjoying this nice weather, man. Good, man. I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're enjoying yourself, man. Well-deserved. Uh, I appreciate that. So we are going to talk about the NFC South. Obviously, you are uh, the resident Tom Brady fan, so you are yet again a Bucks fan for the upcoming season. It looked like he – was going to retire there for a couple months. He changes course. Uh, so Tom Brady returning. Is there any part of you, first off, that is worried about him ever falling off uh, like Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, these aging quarterbacks we've seen fall out at the end? Or is there any part of you that is worried about that happening to Tom Brady or you think he's just immune to it at this point? I think he's just immune to it. Uh, I mean, obviously there's some slippage in his game. Obviously he's not the same player he was at 24. 30, 32, or even 34. But I believe that he doesn't want to go out looking as bad as those guys went out. I mean, those guys are Hall of Famer. You're talking about Peyton Manning, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, Ben Roethlisberger, a legend in Pittsburgh. So um, I, I don't I don't think we're going to see a slide like that. But obviously there will be some type, some slippage because he's 45 going on 46 years old. Uh, speaking of Peyton Manning, of course, he did have that falling out towards the end of his career. But he did go out on top because the right team was built around him. Uh, do you think the Bucks have done enough of that to make up for some of the slippage that you might see from Brady? Absolutely. I think the, uh, I think there's a few more moves that Tampa Bay can make throughout this offseason. But for right now, yes. I mean, you replace – essentially you replace Antonio Brown with Russell Gage. Russell Gage was a line best receiver last year, so he's a solid pickup. You improve uh, throughout the draft and free agency. And like I said, there'll be a couple more free agency moves that they'll make and add to the roster. So I believe that this team is built around Brady Will. So he ha- he doesn't have to do everything. And I'll say one more thing. With the addition of uh, Todd Bowles being the coach, I believe they'll run the ball a little bit more than what they did last year with under Bruce Arias. Uh, so this podcast is going to be focused on the season win totals for each team and the odds to win the division. Uh, your Bucks are sitting at 11 and a half is their win total for this one. Of course, last year they went 13 and four. They're sitting at minus 260 to win the division. Now, just starting with the division odds, I don't like laying that kind of money on a season long bet for anybody. That's just a long time to have that much money held. Uh, the minus 260 uh, it might be a lock, but you never know what could happen if Brady gets hurt. Uh, personally, I'm staying away from that. Uh, what are your thoughts on so, having such high odds to win the division? Yeah, I mean, I believe that Tampa Bay will win the division. Uh, I mean, I, I get it. Like, obviously, that's a season-long bet. That's an 18-week bet. It's really longer than 18 weeks because you got the preseason training camp. you got all that stuff going on. So, I uh, I can understand why you wouldn't want to lay the bet. But if I, if I was a bet, if, if I'm betting on that division, I'm taking Tampa Bay to win that division. And I'm taking the over 11 and a half. Uh, you laid out some of the free agency moves that, Buc- that the Bucks made. They also made a big trade for Shaq Mason, uh, replacing Alex Kappa, who left in free agency. Uh, the key additions for you guys, you mentioned Russell Gage, also Logan Ryan coming in to replace Jordan Whitehead. Uh, your, some of your other key losses, I, as I said, Alex Kappa. You also lost A.J. Howard, Ronald Jones, uh, Jordan Whitehead. 
Are there any of those, those guys that you don't think are replaceable? Uh, who do you think you're going to be missing the most out of that list again? Uh, you didn't say this name. Uh, Ali Marpet, he retired. Uh, I believe that, that that will be the name that they that they miss on that offensive line. Um, obviously, O.J. Howard, great player. Jordan Whitehead, we'll definitely miss him. His hard-hitting, being a strong safety, uh, controlling and neutralizing the middle of the field, making sure people, you know, when they catch the ball, they get hit. But I believe the biggest loss would be Ali Marpet, the offensive lineman. Now, you guys traded back in the draft and selected Logan Hall, the defensive end out of Houston, was your first pick. Um, so, obviously, when you trade back and you, you, ha- you stockpile a lot of these later round picks, you're not going to have any of the name brand guys. Uh, and I don't really think that you got any of the name brand guys, but as everyone knows, you are a huge Bucks fan, so you follow the team closer than anybody. Are there any of these draft picks that you're super excited about? I'm excited about I'm, – I'm really excited about – four to five guys. I want to see what Logan Hall does, uh, the defensive lineman that they traded down for in the second round. They traded that pick um, uh, from – who did they trade with? I think they traded with Jacksonville. Uh, they traded with Jacksonville to move down. So I'm, I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see Luke uh, Ledecky, the, the offensive guard. Obviously, like I said, with the with the loss of Ali Marpet, he was the left guard. Shaq Mason plays right guard. So they have to find some – they'll have to find someone to – uh, feel that left guard spot. I heard it's an open competition for the left guard spot between three guys, and the uh, Luke Kadecki is one of the guys that they'll have open competition with. I'm excited to see uh, Rashad White, the running back, they draft in the third round. Uh, you know, obviously, you know this better than anybody. You don't necessarily have to draft a running back in the first round or even the second round to be successful. Look at Tony Powell on, on your team. If I'm not mistaken, he was a third or fourth round pick, wasn't he? Yeah, third round, yeah. Third round. So I'm excited to see him. Uh, I'm excited to see the uh, two tight ends that they got, Kay Otten and uh, Cole Craft. Cole Craft is a blocking tight end, and Kay Otten is a receiving tight end. Obviously, I believe Gronk will come back so they can learn from him. And the last name is the cornerback that they drafted in the fifth round, Zion McCollum. Uh, or McCollum, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, I'm just – you know this. Like, you need as many corners as you can in the NFL, so – Young guy coming in there. Let's see what he can do. You learn from the best that's in there, from Logan Ryan, Carlton Davis. Uh, they signed Keon O'Neal as well. So he, he'll learn from some vessels back there. Yeah, there's definitely uh, some depth added to that Bucks secondary, which is helpful considering uh, the injuries that they dealt with over the past few years. So having depth, definitely not a bad thing. I'm also excited about Rashad White. I think he can definitely uh, step up and fill that Ronald Jones role, uh, be the be the spell running back for, for Leonard Fournette. I really like that pickup for you guys. I am kind of waffling back and forth as far as whether I want to go over the 11 and a half wins. If, if sitting at 11, I would really like it. So just going through your schedule, I mean, I hate to tell you that you're going to start with a loss in week one on the road in Dallas. But outside <laughs> of that, you still have road games against New Orleans, Pittsburgh, Carolina, Cleveland, San Francisco. Uh, that game's on short rest. Arizona and Atlanta, home games against Green Bay, KC, Atlanta, Baltimore, but that game is on a Thursday, so they're going to be traveling and at a rest disadvantage against you guys. Uh, the Rams, the Seahawks, New Orleans, Cincinnati, and Carolina. Uh, if I'm betting this on a place like FanDuel and I can buy this down to 11, I feel a lot better about it. I'll lay a little bit of extra uh, just to have that security because you don't want to – because the Bucks could win this division at 11 wins. And obviously with only one buy spot up for grabs, you could be sitting in a week 17, week 18 situation where the Bucks have their 11 wins and 
they have the division wrapped up. They can't get the one seed, and they might be sitting some starters. So I really don't want to leave myself in that situation. I would lean towards the over, but I don't feel incredibly great about it. Yeah, I think Tampa Bay will start the season three and one. Uh, I think they will lose one of their one of their first four games, whether whether that's Dallas, the Saints, the Packers, or the Chiefs. I believe they'll lose one of those games. I know some people have them starting two and two. I believe they'll go three and one. Um, I believe they will be the number one, or at worst, the number two seed in the NFC. I believe that they understand how important home field is. Uh, they learned that last year, and I believe they understand how important. When you have an opportunity to put your foot on someone's neck, you have to take advantage of it because that's what they didn't do last year. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay was not the, Tampa Bay lost the number one seed because they lost to Washington on the road. That's unexcusable. That can't happen. That's real. That was the game. That was a separator. So you can't have that happen this year. So with that being said, I believe that they understand what happened because for those forty-five days that Tom Brady retired, I'm sure the, the Buccaneers players weren't loving football because they know who their quarterback was. Now they understand that this literally is a year-to-year thing. So it's time to give your best effort. Uh, so do you think this is Tom's last year? Uh, no, I do not. Even if he wins the Super Bowl, like, what would it, do you think if he wins the Super Bowl, he he decides to, just just to hang it up and go make uh, just as much money being an analyst for Fox? Yeah, that's that's sick. Uh, I can't wait to hear him on Fox every uh every other weekend as the America's Game of the Week as their number one analyst. But uh, I don't know. I I I mean, a part of me feels like he should, because you'd be like, well, what do you have to play for? But I said this to someone last year, like. If it isn't broke, don't fix it. Like, if he can keep playing, why not keep playing? Yeah, um, and, I mean, he's he's just keep, keeps on defying father time. Those guys that I talked about uh, that started falling off, the Peyton Mannings and Ben Roethlisberger's, they were five years younger than Brady is right now, and he just keeps on trucking. He put up great numbers. He was, what, the second place in the MVP voting last year. So, yeah, there is no signs of slowing down from him. Uh, if you can do it, you do it. But I just think maybe there's part of him that saw Peyton Manning win that Super Bowl and that maybe it's the one thing that Peyton Manning has on him that John, a guy like John Elway would have on him. And I think Brady just doesn't want anybody to have anything on him. That's why he left New England and he got that Super Bowl. So now Bill Belichick doesn't have anything on him. He wants to go down as the greatest hands down. And he's already that. But he doesn't want there to be any doubt in anybody's mind. And I think going out with the Super Bowl uh, would just be the icing on the cake for the greatest career in the history of the NFL. Absolutely. Uh, I believe he's, you know, he's ready. He's ready. He obviously came back. Uh, he has a deal, obviously, waiting for him on Fox. So, that, that's there. Uh, so, I believe, you know, obviously, if he can win you know, seven now, if he can win eight now, if he can get to ten, that would be, <laughs> be great for him because, I mean, it's just caps in his feather. I believe Tom Brady automatically uh, already right now is the greatest uh, – how can I say that? I don't want to say greatest athlete because obviously Beyond, Bo Jackson, Ken Griffey, those guys are better athletes. But the, the greatest person to ever touch a professional sport ball is Tom Brady. Like, I'm, I'm taking him over Jordan. And I love Michael Jordan. I, Michael Jordan was number one for a while for me. But some of the stuff, even last year in the game that we lost last year against the Rams, like, if there was 15 more minutes left in that game, we would have beat them. So, uh, a good way to lay it out for me, I think, is to me, he's one and two, uh, however way you want to slice it. Uh, the greatest player in the history of team sports, it's him and it's Wayne Gretzky. Uh, if you want to say one's one and one's two, whichever. I think uh, these two guys just or just blow everybody else away. Uh, somebody posed a question on Twitter earlier in the week, and I responded to it. They said, what is the Mount, your Mount Rushmore of athletes, period? And my answer was 
Tom Brady, Wayne Gretzky, MJ, and Tiger Woods. Uh, I think he's just in rarefied air with guys like that. It's, it's, it's a pretty rare company that he's in, and uh, he just continues to get better. It's, it's completely incredible. Absolutely. And that moves us on to the Buccaneers' biggest rival in this division, Saints. Uh, their win total is sitting at eight right now. They are plus 450 to win the division. They finished nine and eight and just missed the playoffs last year. Uh, a couple of different things happening with this team. Obviously, losing Sean Payton, that is bad. Um, but whatever you think about Jameis Winston having not Trevor Simeon as your starting quarterback, uh, that's good. So, Jameis Winston, whatever you think, he's going to be better. I think he's a good candidate uh, to win comeback player of the year. I think you could see a solid year out of Jameis here. Yeah, him. I believe uh, that'll be Matt Ryan uh, from the Indianapolis Colts. But, yeah, Jameis, Jameis should definitely be a candidate. Uh, should be a candidate for that award for sure. Uh, especially when you consider uh, the receiving core that he's going to have. We will get to that. Uh, the additions to this team, obviously that defense last year uh, gave your Tampa Bay Buccaneers fits. Uh, and they add Marcus May and Tyron Matthew. Uh, they lose Marcus Williams, but I think you add a more talented safety in Tyron Matthew and they add Marcus May as well. I think this defense could be a problem next year. Yeah, their defense uh... – I can't say they got better. They have better names. Uh, I believe Marcus Williams is obviously younger than Honey Badger. But, uh, yeah, I, I believe that defense would be the best part of their team for sure. Uh, in the draft, they add Chris Olave, who I know you were very high on. They also add Jarvis Landry in free agency. They draft Trevor Penning to replace uh, the departed Teron uh, Armstead. So I think uh, they plug a hole there at left tackle. Obviously, Penning maybe not as talented, a little bit more raw, but still fills a hole there at left tackle. Um, as I said, Chris Olave, you were really high on him. So now you have a receiving core potentially of Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, and Michael Thomas. Uh, does that scare you at all as a Bucs fan? Absolutely. Uh, you know how high I was on – first of all, Michael Thomas, when he left, he was the best receiver in the league. So we know what he does. Jarvis Landry is beyond solid, so we know what he represents. And I told you when you and uh, uh, – I forgot my man's name that we did Joey. the draft show with. Joey. Yeah, you Joey. and Joey laughed when I took Chris Olave with, like, the 12th pick. Yep. Uh, it was the 10th pick, pick. pick. The 10th pick, I'm sorry. The yeah, because I took, uh, I took Garrett Wilson at nine. Garrett Wilson, yeah, and I, Chris Olave, man, he's a problem. So, yes, I, I am definitely scared of what the uh, Saints offense, especially with their wide receivers, have to offer, for sure. Uh, the Letter Ride podcast, predicting the future. We had uh, Wilson and Olave going back-to-back in our draft, and they, of course, go back-to-back in the real draft, too. Uh, they also added Atante Taylor, the cornerback out of Tennessee. Kind of wild. There is six Tennessee volunteers on this New Orleans Saints roster. It seems to be a pipeline for uh, Tennessee to New Orleans. They seem to like those players. Uh, that's another guy added uh, to this very stellar defense. As I said, their win total sitting at eight wins. And I talked about the rest advantage that the Bucks have. They have a top five uh, rest advantage schedule. The New Orleans Saints, however, have a bottom five rest advantage schedule. So that does not bode well for them. They, However, I still think they should get to those eight wins. I, I think I like the over for this team. Um, they have road games against Atlanta, Carolina, Arizona, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Cleveland, and Philadelphia. I think they could definitely win at Atlanta, at Carolina. I think they can handle Pittsburgh as well. And then you have that huge home field advantage in New Orleans. They play Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Seattle, Cincinnati, Las Vegas, Baltimore, the Rams, and then Atlanta. And I think they could easily win – five to six home games, and then I, I think they take care of a couple of those road games as well. I like the over for, over eight wins for this team, and I think there's some serious value 
at plus 450 to win the division. I know you said that you don't believe Tom Brady uh, is ever going to fall off, but Father Tom is undefeated. And if it does happen this year, the Saints are the team that will step up and take it. I think plus 450 is pretty decent value. Yes, I, if, if he does fall off the cliff, the Saints will be the team to take advantage because I believe the Bucs and the Saints are the two best teams in that division. Uh, it's tough for me to say. I know I'm hedging my bet, but I think they will just win. Because I, I get what you're saying about their home field. However, that Minnesota game is in Germ is in like overseas, so they won't be playing them at Minnesota. And I do think Minnesota will be a better team than what they were last year, this year coming up. Uh, over under eight. I am going to say they will win eight games. Taking so just that eight. So uh, you know what just you can eight. you know what you could do then. You, you could buy the half game both ways. Have yourself a nice little middle setup. Yeah, have a, yeah, just say the middle. Absolutely. But yeah, I, I, I I I get what you're saying about that home field. But I just believe the loss of Sean Payton, that's a lot of losses. You lose Drew Brees a couple seasons ago, and then now you have Sean Payton. That offensive brain trust, that offensive uh, 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 collaboration that they had, that will be missed. So. Yeah, I, I, I agree there. But I do think the weapons are better on offense. And obviously, they didn't have much of an offense last year, and they still did pretty well. Um, plus, I think they have two very weak teams in this division. One that we're Atlanta, getting ready to Carolina. Absolutely. One that we're getting ready to talk about in the Carolina Panthers. They're over under sitting at six wins. They're plus 800 to win the division. You might as well take that money and just light it on fire because you're not getting it back <laughs> to get them to win this division. Of course, I said the same thing about the Bengals last year, but there is no uh, Joe Burrow on this Panthers roster. They finished five and 12 last year. And this six wins really makes absolutely no sense to me. They have one of the worst situations you could have heading into a season. And that is a lame duck head coach. Everybody knows Matt rule is on the way out. They added a couple of halfway decent free agents, uh, Donta Foreman, Rashard Higgins, Austin Colbert, Bradley Bozeman to shore up the offensive line, Xavier Woods, who I know from my Cowboys, uh, Matt Leodonis. The biggest signing they made, however, was probably uh, Johnny Hecker because this team's going to be punting a lot. They are still terrible, I think. Uh, they lose Hassan Reddick, Stephon Gilmore, A.J. Bouye off that defense. I did like the draft pick of Iki Akonwu, a great pick. But because of the Sam Darnold trade, you had no second-round pick. You had no third-round pick. They had to trade back up into the third round to draft Matt Corral. Um. And then you look at what the Jets were able to do with this, with the trades they got from the Sam Darnold picks. Uh, when we do the AFC East podcast, we'll talk about the great draft that they had. I just do not like the direction of this team. I don't think Matt Corral is going to be ready to start. I think Sam Darnold is a bad quarterback. There's nothing to make me think that they're going to be better than they were last year. Like I said, Matt Rule, a lame duck coach on the way up. My favorite bet in this division is the Panthers under six wins. I think they're going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. I agree. I believe the I believe the Falcons will be better than the Panthers. Uh, I do too. I am not obviously you, you said everything with Matt Rule, lame duck coach. They don't have a quarterback. Uh Robbie Anderson tried to make fun of my one of my guys, Baker Mayfield. So no disrespect to Robbie Anderson. I hope he rot in hell for that. <laughs> uh I know I know I know they always say you like to kick a man when he's down, but like I tell people all the time, the pendulum does swing. So Baker Mayfield will have his day in time. Hopefully he doesn't go to the Panthers and they can just ride out with this terrible team that they have because they aren't winning anything. They are not winning anything. Uh, I feel sorry for Christian McCaffrey, uh, uh, DJ Moore. They, they do have some weapons. DJ they do. Moore, I Robbie love DJ Anderson, Moore. Yep, I do uh, love Terrence DJ Moore. Marshall. So uh, they, they have some offensive weapons, but if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. And Sam Donald's, it's, it's trash. 
Yeah, uh, I just looking at this team's schedule, too. Uh, this team is not built to win on the road. Uh, they have the Giants, Rams, Falcons, Bengals, Ravens, Seahawks, uh, Tampa Bay, and New Orleans on the road. The only one of those games I can maybe see them winning is against Seattle. Then at home, you have Cleveland, New Orleans, Arizona, San Francisco, Tampa Bay, Atlanta, Denver, Pittsburgh, and Detroit. You might say, oh, maybe they could beat Detroit. I like what Detroit has done in this offseason. You talked about not being able to win without a quarterback. I think Jared Goff is still better than Sam Darnold. And I'm looking at those weapons that Detroit has. I don't see more than two to three wins on this Panthers schedule. Like I said, I think they're going to be drafting first overall. Uh, quite possibly the worst team in the NFL this year. Maybe uh, Seattle can challenge them for that. But I'm really, really low on this team. Yeah, they'll be looking for a new coach and a new quarterback next year for sure. Uh, so not too much to say. We both hate the Panthers. We both love under six wins for them. That is definitely going to be something that is on my card. I like these season-long bets. It gives you action uh, for the whole year. And when you have money on the Panthers losing every week, uh, that's a good place to be. So I think I'm definitely going to be on <laughs> under six wins for them this year. I'm going to have to make a play on that. Uh, we're going to wrap the division up with the Atlanta Falcons. They're sitting at five and a half wins plus 1,000 to win the division. They finished last year 7-10 and 10 and missed the playoffs. This is their second year under head coach Arthur Smith. Matt Ryan is gone. The era is over. Uh, he had a great decade plus there in Atlanta, but they are moving on. They signed a bunch of different free agents, and a lot of them came uh, from the same team. They signed Marcus Mariota, Nick Kwiatkowski, Casey Hayward, and Brian Edwards, all from uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. They also add Lorenzo Carter, Rashawn Evans, and Anthony Fersker in free agency. As I said, they lose Matt Ryan. They lose Dante Fowler Jr. to my Dallas Cowboys. They lose Hayden Hurst as well, uh, Mike Davis, and Deron Harmon. I like the outlook of this team, believe it or not. That five and a half wins to me. The fact that they're rated below the Panthers makes absolutely no sense to me. There are some pieces to this team that I really like. Um, Drake London uh, in the first round I thought was a home run pick. You add him to Kyle Pitts. Um, I know Brian Edwards might not be a household name, but he is a solid number two receiver. Uh, with Brian Edwards, Drake London, and, and the aforementioned Kyle Pitts, I don't think it matters who the quarterback is, whether Desmond Ritter wins that job or Marcus Mariota. I think either one of them will be able to succeed with those weapons. And then, of course, I didn't even mention Cordero, pa Cordero Patterson, the do-it-all weapon out of the backfield. Yes, Cordell Patterson. I like, like you said, I like Brian Edwards. Uh, I liked him when he was with the Raiders. Um, I believe they'll be the third best team in that division. They'll win, they'll win somewhere between five and seven games. Uh, I, I like. I, obviously, they have Mariota as their quarterback, so you, you obviously know what that means. But um, they'll be looking for a quarterback next year. But they won't be as bad as everyone think that, thinks that they will be. Thinks that they are. I'm sorry. I think a lot of people are down on this defense as well. But as I said, they add Casey Hayward. I think A.J. Terrell was already the best cornerback in the NFL. They draft uh, Ibikiti. I can't even pronounce this dude's name, uh, the pass rusher out of Penn State. He's going to be an upgrade, I think, over Dante Fowler Jr., who they lost. You have Deion Jones, Grady Jarrett on that defense. I really like this defense. I think they have improved. And I talked about that, that cornerback tandem. I'm going to pose this question that might sound crazy. Is there a better – cornerback tandem in the league right now than Casey Harrod and A.J. Terrell? Because I don't think there is. I will say if uh, – so are we asking this question if everyone's playing at their best? No, we're just, just going into next season, who oh, every team has. Next yep. I would you, – you, you, they, would, they would be up there. I'll give you that. They would definitely be up there. I, I, let me just say this because the reason why I asked are they healthy. When everyone's healthy, I think the team that has the best cornerback tandem is the Baltimore Ravens. 
Okay. Yeah, I can see that. But to answer your question, yeah, I, yeah, they, 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 they're up there for sure. You're in love with, um, with, uh, with Terrell. Uh, I, Terrell. So I wanted I him that. in the draft. Uh, so I wanted Dallas to draft him so bad. He went to pick before us. Uh, that was a real kick in the teeth. Yeah, I'm absolutely in love with him. I think he's just doesn't get the attention down there in Atlanta. He's been part of a bad defense. But when you have a guy who could take away half the field like him, then you add Hayward. So now outside corners. I like the outlook of this defense. In fact, over five and a half wins for them is one of my favorite plays on the board. I think this team easily uh, goes seven and ten, maybe even eight and nine, and and challenges for a playoff spot. They're like we said, they're in that. They're you could say that they're in a weak division, but their their division is considered weak because they're in it. But I think they're going to win those two ga- games against Carolina, and I think there are wins on their schedule. So over five and a half wins for Atlanta actually is one of my favorite plays. I don't think they'll be in competition this year for a playoff berth because you have uh, Green Bay, Minnesota, who I just said, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Dallas, Philadelphia, uh, uh, and you have the Rams and whatever team emerges as the second-best team in that. I don't know who the second-best team in that division will be. Obviously, Arizona is shaky, and we, we haven't seen Trey Lance. Uh, and obviously, uh, Seattle is basically giving up on the season. So, uh with that being said, I don't think they'll be in playoff. I don't think they'll make the playoffs. But, yeah, they might be in the hunt. I get what you're saying. Like, you know, towards the end of the season, they'll be in the hunt, but I don't think they'll make the playoff. But I believe I do believe they'll win more than five games for sure. They're the third-best team in that division. I think so, too. And just going through their schedule real quick, uh, they have a home – obviously home against New Orleans. It seems like Atlanta and New Orleans always play co- close games. You could say they could possibly win one of those. They're at Seattle. I think Seattle is a terrible team. They should win that one. They should win their home game against Carolina. I think they're going to win their road game against Carolina as well. They have a home game against Chicago, a home game against Pittsburgh. That's six games right there. They also at Washington is a very winnable game. There are some winnable games on this Atlanta Falcons schedule. As I said, I think that defense has improved. You add Drake London to an offense that already features um, Cordero Patterson out of the backfield. Obviously, Calvin Ridley being out for the year is going to hurt them. But you add an instant number one receiver in Drake London, who, as we've said on this podcast, uh, reminds people of Mike Evans. I've five and a half wins. And, and to be below the Panthers, I think, just makes absolutely no sense to me. So I think we're yeah, both on I the agree. same page here. Uh, over five and a half wins. Not quite bullish enough. I think the Saints would be the team to do that. But it's less of a waste of money than laying, than laying the plus 800 on the Panthers. Absolutely. Um, I don't, I, like I said, I don't think Atlanta will be competing this year. I believe that they'll be competing next year for a playoff, especially depending on who they get to be their quarterback. But um, I do believe that they, uh, they they will, you know, put a scare in a few teams. They'll put a scare in Tampa Bay and uh, uh, the year we won the Super Bowl, Tampa Bay and New Orleans. The year we won the Super Bowl, if you remember, when we went down there, we got down 17-3. to three. Had to come yeah. back when we were down there with them. Antonio Brown caught a touchdown play. So, um, yeah. So, I, I like I said, I definitely believe that Atlanta put some, put, you know, put some fear in their opponent's uh, heart for sure. Uh, who do you think wins that starting quarterback job between Marcus Mariota and um, I don't know, Desmond Ritter? Uh, Marcus Mariota. I believe he'll be the starting quarterback. And if he starts to struggle, then they'll put uh, uh, they'll put Ritter in. Ritter in. Yeah, I think you could see maybe uh, uh, I don't know. Looking at their job through the week fourteen by week fourteen by those easy games that I talked about. 
four of them are are back to back to back right before their bye. Like they they go Carolina, Chicago, Washington, Pittsburgh. That could be a four game win streak. And I think whatever quarterback is quarterbacking the team during that four game win streak uh, likely keeps the job. But um, at some point, you have to see what you have in Ritter. Obviously, if the Falcons are out of it, people are going to be calling for him to start. So. I think you'll see it happen at some point, but either way, like I said, it doesn't, I don't think it matters who wins the starting job. I think five and a half wins is going to be a lot for them. Yeah. I believe that Marcus Mariota start. I don't necessarily believe he'll finish the season, but I believe he'll start for sure. Cause they, I mean, at the end of the day, they're trying to win. So, so uh, we are both on the over for Atlanta. We are both under on the under for the Panthers as well. Uh, you feel a little bit better about the bucks over than I do. I was, kind of waffling on that one i feel slightly better about the saints over uh, than you do you were kind of landing in the middle on that one uh anything else on this division before we hop off uh i believe that like i said you'll have tampa bay one the saints two falcons three and the panthers will be fourth and i believe that matt rule will be the uh coach that the only coach in the division at the end of the season who will be fired i could definitely see that who do you think is starting for quarter one for the Panthers. Panthers. Do you think it's Matt Corral? Sam Donald. Yeah, I think I think it'll be Sam Donald. I think he'll be the starting quarterback. And obviously, you know, we both know he will turn the ball over. So once he decides to turn the ball over, then you know, uh, they'll they'll try to put Matt Corral. Uh, for this, I just hope. I'm sorry. Let me just say this one thing, Jeff. I just hope Baker Mayfield doesn't go there. That would be bad. Uh, that would be bad for this under bet that I'm going to make on their season win total bet as well. As well, And that's what I was getting ready to say. For the sake of my money, I really hope Sam Darnold is the starting quarterback for all 17 games because I'm going to enjoy betting this under on their season win total and betting against them pretty much every week, having them in, uh, them to lose in money line parlays. I, I, I guess I just think this team is going to be absolutely atrocious. I agree. I think they are bad. Let's just say it that way. Bad. So. Yeah, yeah, so when people tune into our weekly shows, uh, you know we're going to bring that back, our five-game parlays. I think we're going to have a lot of uh, Panthers opponents in those parlays for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely for sure. Because like I said, I uh, I just don't see how Vegas has them winning that many games. That's really crazy if you think about it. So. Yeah, they definitely didn't improve. Uh, they won five games last year, and all of a sudden they're saying, oh, yeah, this is a team that's projected to improve. It's like, what makes you think this team is going to improve? They lost three key pieces on their defense and really didn't do anything, uh, I don't think, to improve. Yes, they improved the offensive line, which was absolutely terrible last year. It was their biggest weakness, don't get me wrong. But Iki Akonwu is not just going to come in and make that offensive line great right off the jump. He's a good start, but there's still a couple of pieces away. Exactly, I agree. Uh, he's a rookie, so, I mean, he, I don't – Maybe he will be Tristan Wirth. You never know, but I don't. I don't foresee that happening with those guys. Uh, even if he is Tristan Wirth, there's still four other guys that have to block. And look at who they're blocking for. You don't have the guy behind the offensive line. Even if you have the best offense, if you have the '90s Dallas Cowboys out there blocking for Sam Darnold, they're not going to turn him into a great quarterback. Exactly. We all know. Well, that is going to do it, Josh. Thanks for joining me. This was a lot of fun as always, and I'm. As I've said before, I'm likely not going to find a fan of from every division that I'm going to want to record with. So I'll likely have you back on for this series. But this was episode two of our off-season series. And I, I hope you have you back for another one here shortly. Yes, sir, man. I can't wait, man. You be safe, buddy. You too. Have a good one, Josh. You too, buddy.